0: Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. I title my message, The Method of Prayer and the Purpose of Miracles. We have been speaking on that series, Breathe on Me, and we have been seeing since we've been talking about the Holy Spirit How God has been moving in the lives of many here in the house of God. We have testimony after testimony. We've been praying for people and believing. And God, by the power and anointing of His Spirit, has been doing great things. He's a miracle-working God. The Lord has done many, many things. Has answered many prayers. The Lord has healed from cancer. The Lord has healed from tumors. Tumors have gone away. He has broken the grip of Satan over God's people in many ways. And he wants to rescue you too. I know that God has done a lot of things for many of you. And that's a great thing. But I want to just simply say it this way. I believe it's awesome when God does great things for many people. Especially in this house. God has done great things for many people. But if you know the God that I know, he's all-inclusive. And I'm waiting to see that God has done great things for all people. For all people. He's an all-inclusive God. His power is all-inclusive. His healing power is all-inclusive. Everything that he offers is all-inclusive. It's not only for many But for all, say, it's for me too. Say it like you mean it. Maybe that's why you're not getting it. You don't believe it. Say, it's for me too. It's for me too. How many have petitions before the Lord? Many. Now, how many have ever received a miracle from the Lord? Now, how many are needing a miracle right now from the Lord? Wow, God's got a lot of work to do. I said, how many are needing a miracle in the house of the Lord today? How many know that God has that miracle answer for you? I want you to believe that this morning. Again, I say many have received their miracles, but I'm excited to expect in my spirit that one day we'll be able to say everyone has received their miracle." I first want to speak to you about prayer. You know, prayer is the only vehicle that we have in order for us to converse and to convey with God. This is the way we have this intercourse between us and heaven. It's through prayer. The Lord spent much of his ministry teaching his men and the followers how to pray. Because he knew that that day would come When he was going to stand at the outskirts of Bethany. And he was going to return to the right hand of the Father. Yes, he left the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But the method of conversation and the method of communication has been through prayer. And the fact remains, ladies and gentlemen, and you'll know and you'll agree with me, that prayer is one of the greatest lost arts In the house of God. You believe that? How many could use more prayer in your personal life? Come on. Are you telling me that those who keep your hands down saying, I pray a lot and I'm ready all the time, pray up. I said, how many still have room for more prayer? We all have need. Of prayer. We all need to get into prayer more. This is why prayer for services are the least attended, not only here, but around the world. There are churches that have a thousand people and I have six people that come to prayer. Why is that? Well, again, let's not be too critical. Some people work and some people pray at home. They have their war clauses where they pray and all those things. But let me tell you, I think the statistics reveal that we have lost somehow our grip on prayer. Have we forgotten that God wants to hear from us? If he had not, he would have never given us his phone number. Amen? If God had no desire to hear from you, he would have never given you the vehicle of prayer. He wouldn't have minister after minister, book after book, radio station after radio station, literature of all literature teaching you about prayer. The greatest topic ever spoken to to Christians is prayer. The Lord spent a major part of his ministry, as I said to you before this morning, teaching on prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16. Be joyful always and pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ. It's God's desire that you pray not only for a moment, but that you pray continually. 1 Peter 3 and 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive. That means that there is interest. When someone gives you their attention, there is interest in what you have to say. doesn't say that God has to put up With his ears what you have to say. Doesn't say that God inadvertently sometimes hears what you have to say. But the Bible says that his ears are attentive. How rude are we sometimes when people are waiting and listening to you. And you're just looking around and ignoring the person who is expecting a conversation with you. I feel so embarrassed sometimes. When I stand here in the back and I apologize to you from this pulpit in true humility, I get pulled back and forth by so many people and sometimes this is why I really now, you might as well learn this now, I really don't like to hold conversations back there. And I know that we see each other seldom and so you've got the whole world to share with me. Pastor, I want to tell you that when I was in elementary and we go all the way through college and I, and they're pulling me here and Pastor, yes. And I become so rude. I, I turn around because this person is telling me something and uh uh-huh, and 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 then you're gone. And I go home going, man, how horrible are you? You left them talking. I was attentive at the moment, but I lost track of it because people, again, they're talking to me from all sides. And so I normally, just to let you know, set up an appointment. I'll sit there for hours with you and and listen to what you have to say and pray with you and just encourage you. And I know that there are quick testimonies some of you want to give me. So again, I am apologizing if you've ever had to walk away and, and you walked away while I was giving you the back of my bald head. But the Bible says that God is not like that. And he doesn't turn around. He's, his ears are attentive. You've got all his attention. This is why he gave us the vehicle of prayer, because we are invited to communicate with him. He's not bored by the little things or the big things. This is why it says on all occasions all occasions if you got an a on your test if you passed your board if your if your children went to second grade and graduated from ele- uh, uh, their kindergarten class god is attentive he is attentive to hear when you accomplish something that may not be so great for anybody else but you but it's great to god he's attentive he wants to hear from you on all occasions. Let it be for comfort. Let it be for your need of provision. Let it be because you need protection. Let it be because you're desiring peace. Let it be because you're in earnest need of healing or just thanksgiving and praise. When you pray, God is listening. That's so important for us to know that God listens to His people. It's a beautiful thing to know that such a great God like our God listens to us. He is the God of all authority. That tells me that whatever you talk to Him about, He's got the answer for. If it's sickness, He's got your healing. If it's provision, he's got your provision. If it's protection, he'll stand up next to you like a mighty warrior. He's got everything. All authority in the universe and beyond. You may remember how he spoke to the elements in Luke 8 and 24. He said, peace be still. And the storm was silenced. He spoke to the principalities of darkness in Mark 1 and 34, speaking to demons and authority. And he said, get out. He spoke to the physical ailments that plague man. He spoke to disease as he did in Luke 17 and 14 when he spoke to the lepers. He said, be healed. And they were clean. So many testimonies in Scripture of this wondrous and powerful authority God is. But we must be willing, ladies and gentlemen, to seek Him in prayer. Knowing these things this far, doesn't it make you feel like you've lost time? I didn't know these things about God. And here I am. Sixty-three years old, and I seldom pray. How much time have I wasted from speaking to the lover of my soul, the provider of my everything? But yet, people don't pray. Mm. God cares to hear from you at all times. Because he cares for you. You know, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are upon the sparrows. Yes? You've heard the song or you've read the passage. Psalms 84 and 3 says, Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. Listen to this. Let this impress you. Of how detailed God is and how caring he is and how willing he is to listen to you over anything. How loving he is and how cuddling and how inclusive he is. Listen as we speak of the sparrows and the swallows. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young a place near your place near your what? Your altars. The sparrows, the insignificant little fowls of the air. Things you don't even pay attention to. Sometimes birds that you complain because they sit on top of your car on a tree. Little insignificant feathered little beings... There the Bible says even they have a nest by this loving God. God watches over the little fowls of the air. How much more does he not watch over you? He's a God that is so willing to provide for you. Psalms 2 and 8 says, Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. Jeremiah 33 and 3. Everyone should know this verbatim. Call out to me and I will answer. John 14 and 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. God is ready to respond. Now, you see, prayer is important for us, but there's also a method. There's also certain criterias concerning prayer. You see, there may be a lot of people who pray, but you'll agree with me when I say that there is no more wonderful prayer than answered prayer. You understand that? There is no more beautiful prayer. There is no more wonderful prayer than an answered prayer. You can pray all you want, but if there's no answer, no, no. Answered prayer is beautiful. But there are things the Bible says, and I'm going to move quickly this morning. Certain positions of the heart that we need to establish and reaffirm so that our prayers may not be hindered. The first thing I'll say to you this morning is that the Lord must be your delight. You must love him. Those of you who are courting today, those boyfriend, girlfriend, couples that we have here, I can guarantee you that your telephone wire gets hot Every day, your cell phone minutes go crazy because you're always talking to the one you love. For those of us who are married now, still in love. But you remember when you were boyfriends. I remember going to sleep on the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning and my girlfriend, my wife, was yelling at me and I was like. (laughs) And I could hear at a distance, Israel, Israel, babe, hey. But I wouldn't hang up. Why? Because you always wanted to talk to that loved one. You see, unless you love God, you'll never desire to talk to God. Please listen to me this morning. I'm trying to get you to pray. Why? Because I'm trying to get to a point where all of us will receive our miracle. I'm trying to get you to that place, to that position where I said to you this morning, I want us all to get to the place where we can say, all of us have received miracles. Right now, there may be many, but I wanted to be the first church in this world that can say everybody in this house has got their miracle. But it begins with prayer, and prayer that is going to be answered. It must come from a delighted with God heart. Psalms 37 and 4 delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. If you delight in Him, if you deposit your love and your passion on Him, He promises to respond to the cries and needs of your heart, no matter how big or how small. Delight yourself in the lover of your soul. Love him like you love no other. Find that genuineness in you to love him for who he is. And I promise you, this is not my promise, this is his promise. To respond to you in any condition, matter, time, or space. Secondly, it's so important for us to live pleasing lives before the Lord. See, some of us may pray, Pastor, I pray a lot, but yet our walks are not pleasing unto God. You're making your prayer life bankrupt of answering. You you, you make your, your prayers impoverished from the touch of God. We must learn to live holy lives that God might be willing to respond to us. David understood that when he wrote in Psalm 66 and 18, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. If I had kept these things in my heart away from him, things that do not nurture our relationship He would have closed his ear. Heaven would have become deaf to my voice. But he says, Surely he has listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Living pleasing lives, holy lives. As we begin to live like God, it's because we accept that his life and the life he ordains of us is the way we should live. We emulate his holiness. 1 Peter 1 and 16, he says, be holy. Just be holy, no? Be holy because I am holy. You see, we all want to be like Jesus. I don't think there's a believer in this house that won't say, I want to be like Jesus. But we seem to overpass the holiness part. Well, I'm very giving. Well, thank God for that. I'm nice to all people. That's wonderful. I go to church all the time. Great. I'm a faithful tither. I give cheerful And abundant offerings, wonderful. I do everything. Everything? You remember that young man who saw and met Jesus and said, Rabbi, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus went through just a few stipulations of the commandments and said, I got it all, man. And when you say you got it all to God, it catches his attention. Remember, he's attentive to everything you say. And so he turns around and says, everything? Yeah, everything. I've been a good kid all my life. Well, you shouldn't covet this. I don't. You shouldn't do that and the other. No, I don't. I got it all, Jesus. So that means the kingdom, of heaven is mine. He says, no, okay. You lack one thing, by the way, because I know all things. There's greed in your heart. There's greed in your heart. And how do we know it's greed? Because he said, take everything you have, sell it, and give it to the poor. And the Bible says that a young man walked away bitterly. He could not do it. And sometimes when we want God to respond to our prayer, young people, when we want God to respond to our prayers, adults, mom and dad, We say we do good things. We love the pastor. We love the church. We're always helpful. We're always this. We know all the songs. I play in the worship team. uh, I'm the pastor of Rock of Ages. All these things. But yet Jesus says you lack one thing. To be holy because I am holy. You see, the lack of holiness... The Bible says no one will see God. Holiness. The Bible teaches us this is a very powerful statement. The Lord does not listen to sinners. I know it's not popular, is it? But it's a fact. Be holy because I am holy. Revelations 4 and 8. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was and is and is to come. To assume that we can approach God with unholy hearts as if we could force somehow God to do something for us simply because Pastor told us to pray. You can pray until your hair comes off. There's a time when the people of Israel were living a life in sin. And still their practices, their religious practices continued daily in the synagogue. And they still went out there with their tassels and and doing priestly things. And the Lord spoke to them. He said, you want me to hear your prayers and yet your hands are full of blood. That means your hands are filled with not good things. And you want me to listen to you. When we pray and we pray, just because we pray, the Bible says that we are just like clanging cymbals into the ears of God. You see, again, let me remind you just in case I'm losing you. I'm trying to get you to a place where you can receive your miracle. Oh, that was a weak amen. Amen. I thought I had it, but I got to be holy now. Yes, you do. Not for me. For you. Not for me. Don't you do a thing for me. You do it for you. Remember, you're the one with your hands lifted up and saying, God, I need. God, heal me. God, save my husband. God, save my children. God, help me out of this poverty. God, fix my body. Lord, do this. It's you. So this holiness that I'm speaking about is not about me. Don't kill the messenger. This is all about you. Getting you to a place where you can receive of the Lord your miracle. The third thing which will lead us now into miracles. Concerning prayer, we also must have the right motive We must have the right purpose in mind. When you pray, I want, please allow me just a little deeper part of your mind. We still have time. I'm actually doing pretty good. Let me borrow just one more file in your brain. When you pray, why do you pray? Think about that just for a moment. When you pray, why do you pray? Well, because we're supposed to pray. Wrong. Out. Why do you pray? Well, because... Christians pray. Out. Why do you pray? Think of the motive... The last time you bent your knee before the Lord or raised your hands or opened your mouth to speak to heaven, why did you open your mouth to speak to God? What was the motive? What was the purpose behind that? Now, please understand this. We know that God loves to answer prayer. We know that God has everything in regards to prayer in your life. But he's also interested in knowing why you want the answer. The purpose behind it. There's enough scripture here where the Lord had trouble when people were praying. Because he knew the motive for the petition. They were hungry and they prayed for bread. Why were they praying for bread? What was the purpose for them asking simply because they were hungry? The Lord always wanted to take them to a deeper level of understanding. There are reasons for miracles, ladies and gentlemen. And when you get that purpose right, God is more than pleasing because we see it in Scripture to answer and give you your miracle. I wonder sometimes if the reasons that God doesn't respond to us is because He knows the reasons we ask. James 4 and 3 says to us, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. And here comes the motive. And this is where we have to be very careful. Again, allow me to just go deeper into your heart just for a moment and challenge yourself. Don't be afraid to challenge. I'm not telling you to expose yourself stand up and say, it's me. I'm the one that's just self-interested. I'm not saying that. But look in your heart. Because there's one who can see your heart in this house today. He said, when you ask, you did not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, this principle here can make all the difference in the world in the miracle receiving business. It's not uncommon that many times our prayers are focused on asking for reasons that benefit us alone. Now, again, I say to you, miracles benefit us, and God knows that. The Bible says to us that the Lord will withhold no good thing from those whose walk is blameless. The Lord says as well, I will, uh, Paul speaking, uh, he will provide for me all My needs according to his riches and glory. The Lord has no problem giving us what we need. But if we can just look at it in a very basic way. When you ask a dad for a certain amount of money. If he's like my dad. And he cares. He would say, what for? What do you need it for? Dad, just give me 100 bucks, man. That's all I need. Well, what do you need $100 for? Just? No, no. He wants to find a justifiable reason and say, oh, your car is broke. Oh, you need to buy a new tire. well, I just want to go on a splurge. Well, you see, I worked too hard for that money. Get a job. It's a saying, can we not just simply, I know, I don't want to minimize the authority and the reverence and the beautifulness and greatness of our Lord and compare him to us as earthly fathers because we are weak and feeble and finite. But I do want to show you a principle when it comes to us praying for miracles. God cares why you need that. And can I tell you, there's enough testimonies that I know you've seen. And I know that pretty much everybody here knows someone who's received their miracle and are no longer anywhere serving the Lord. Yes? Can I get a witness? You're not going to raise your hand because he might be sitting next to you, right? This is the first day back to church. Like, It's not you. It's not you. How many times have kids ask God give me a car that way I can go to Sunday school you lie you're out dragging north 281 man oh Lord if you'll just give me a girlfriend Lord that we could serve the Lord together and both of you never come to church man Oh, Lord, just give me this. And what you use that for is just to run away from God. This is exactly what James meant. You receive not because what you ask for, you only ask for your own benefit and pleasures. You see, we need to understand about miracles. Again, I say to you that the Lord is so willing to give you. What you need. But he wants us to examine our motives. Examine our motives. This is synonymous to examine your purpose. It teaches us that God is interested in the idea behind or the supportive reason why you would have him answer you. Many of us have been unable to tap into the gift giving of God. Not because of our lack of faith. There's a beautiful level of faith in this house, I know. But still you have not received your miracle. I have faith. I believe he can do it, Pastor. I know you do. I can see that you're a man, you're a woman, you're a young person of faith. I know it. I know he can do it. But what has you missing the mark is the fact that God knows why you want it. Oh, that was a good place to say amen. Amen. He knows there's a wrong purpose, a wrong idea behind our asking. And until we understand the primary reasons for miracle giving, signs and wonders, I dare say this morning that heaven will continue to be brass and the river of his power will always be held back. Some of us are asking for real important things, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me, there there are really serious petitions in this house and yet you've not been able to tap into the gift-giving of God. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, why is it? What's not grooving with the Lord here? Why are we missing? Why is there not a synapsing connection here? I give, I do, and you go through all the, the... the young rich man idea, oh, I got that. I do all that. But have you stopped by holiness? Have you stopped by living in holiness? Have you stopped to ask yourself, why do I really want this? Can you be honest with yourself and say, the reason I want this is because I can run faster away from God? Can you be honest with yourself and say, I need this house, I need this car, I need this job because I can better finance things for me and I'll be busy and I'll become important in society but I'll become less with God. I need a healing in my body, I'm broken but the only reason I want to is because I don't want to hurt anymore. That's understandable. Understandable. When I was dying in my cirrhosis, I prayed a lot over this situation. And I promise you, I don't think I'm preaching this message because I've not been filtered through it. When I was praying for my healing, when I knew people were praying over me because they knew that unless God did something, I would not be preaching to you two and a half years later after my transplant. But I too, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't receive this as a rebuke. This is a fatherly love. This is a shepherd's love. I'm telling you, we need to wake up and recognize why we want God to respond to us. I promise you I stopped myself a lot of times when I said, Lord, please, I know that you can do it divinely. I've seen you do it divinely. I've seen you remove masses divinely without any surgery. It's because I was afraid, ladies and gentlemen, to be gutted from side to side. I used to work in surgery. I did those things and I saw the pain and I saw the flesh cut and I saw the entrails of people and I saw people die and I Saw all these things, I said, Lord, spare me from this. And as painful as it was, can you spare me and give me this divine miracle? But it was still, though it was understandable, it was still with the wrong motive. Oh, I hope somebody's listening because someone is getting ready to get his miracle. I hope someone is listening because God is getting ready to answer and give you your miracle. If you'll just listen to the voice of the Spirit. If you'll listen to the voice of God and say, find out why you want me. Otherwise, we live the life of politicians. Oh, this is aired on Instagram, right? The lives of politicians. Everyone's a Christian around voting time. Oh, Reverend Soto, how are you? Maybe I can visit you. Give me a chance to speak to your people. No. Oh, Pastor Soto, we gotta help our communities. Oh, we gotta pray. Diosito. Por delante, Diosito. Shut up. need that that boat. I need to win. I need to get my miracle. I need to get in that office. Why do you want that office? I need to get my miracle. I need to get that new liver. I need to get this. I need to the other. Why? Why do you want it? Anybody listening in this house this morning? There is selfish motive, self-seeking reasons, self-indulging reasons, in our prayer requests. Heal me, Lord. Perform for me, God. Intervene in my circumstance. Even though on the outside we show the visual of holiness, but yet our hearts are whitewashed tombs, dry bones. You see, miracles, ladies and gentlemen. Before they are for you, they are for him. Let me teach you this. Give me just a few minutes. Now I'm running on regular time. It's after 12. I've caught up, thank God. Miracles are primarily to bring him glory. 1 Kings 18.36 At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, O God, of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known today that you are a God in Israel, that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me so these people would know that you, Lord, are God. And that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and it also licked up the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Until I understood that my liver, all these things were important to me, I need to recognize that because he healed me, people will know that the Lord, Lord, He is God. He is God. When you pray for your miracle, say, Lord, I need this miracle. But before it comes for me, let it be for your glory. Let it be to bring you praise. Let it bring exalt your name. Elijah, when the life was in a life and death situation, he needed a miracle. But he still had to get it right, or nothing would have happened. Nothing would have happened. We need to get rid of self gain. We need to examine our motives when we bend our knee to pray. We need to know and practice what Matthew 6 and 33 says. But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these things. Here we go again. You see how all inclusive God is. All these things. Are you telling me that a job? All these things. My husband will get saved. All these things. My children will come to the Lord. All these things. You see, my leg will stop hurting. All these things. My back will stop hurting. All these things. The fever will go away. All these things. My neck will begin to turn. All these things. Hallelujah. Let it bring him glory. Help us, oh God. Psalm 79 and 9. Help us, O God, our Savior, for the glory of your name. Let it be your prayer today as I begin to close. There are many who have experienced miracles in this house. But I say to you once again, I pray for the day when we can say all of us in this house have received our miracles. But we must pray, help us, O God, our Savior for the glory of your name. Do you need a miracle? Why do you need that miracle? See, miracles also will bring a tremendous witness. You know how many people I've spoken to about liver disease? How many people have told me before they met me they've lost families to liver disease. But yet then when they meet me and they say, you're still alive? When did this happen and how it happened? And it's an opportunity and a tool to give God all the glory. To give God all the praise and to lead people to Jesus and let them know that if God was able to do this for me, he's able to do that for you. God is able to do that for you. You see, miracles are evidences as well. John 14, 11, believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. He says, or at least believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. You see, you need a testimony. But not a testimony in how you on your own have gained all these things, but how God has brought you through. A testimony. Do you need a miracle this morning? Let's make God our delight. Let's begin to live holy lives before him. And when we ask, let's ask and see and check ourselves and our motives as to why we need these miracles. And let our prayers begin this way and say, Lord, you know what I need. I cried many times, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to stand up here like some macho and said that this whole challenge I've been through in the past seven years didn't scare me. I walked through the council of all of you here, and I was smiling all the time. And even when you saw my body decaying in front of you, I would be smiling at you. But yet in my heart. And I was saying, Lord, it's been seven almost six years, actually, five and a half, six years. And you've not responded. They told me I look good and everything is so well. But, Lord, they still say my liver is rotten and dead not doing anything I'm the pastor remember I'm the pastor of rock of ages I stand before the council of your people I have to give them your truth all the time remember can't you do it for me no. I had to learn how to pray right I had to make him my delight I had to learn how to straighten that walk before him And I had to examine the attitude and motive of my heart as to why I wanted him to do something for me. We come to the altar and we just ask God, Lord, do this. Do the other. Father, get this done for me. Oh, how we need. No job. We need this. We're sick. And we ask God. And we bombard God with all these things. And I wonder if we'll just stop for a moment. We'll hear the Spirit of the Lord say, and why should I do this? I pray that after this morning, you would begin your prayer by simply saying, Oh God, help me for the glory of your name. Heal me for the glory of your name. Touch me, Lord. Save my husband, save my children, save my job. Help us. In our finances for the glory of your name. Before I benefit a thing from it, let those around me who witness your goodness in my life say, the Lord, the Lord is God. And I promise you, because he promises you, he will respond.